It is once again the AEW Dynamite Review here on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel. Hello, I'm Mr. Warren Hayes. That's what we're going to be talking about. It's Thursday. January 19 is when we're recording this. We're going to be breaking down in depth last night's AEW Dynamite Show. Uh, and, uh, look, if, and, uh, you know, let's just get this out of the way like we usually do. If, you, if you're listening to this on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes right now, consider giving the video a like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, that way you'll never miss another AEW Dynamite review of your entire life, or at least until you unsubscribe. Uh, and then on top of that, you'll be able to uh, find out when the Mr. Warren Hayes show proper, the podcast gets recorded. I record it live every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. So if you want to jump in and hang out, uh, hang out with and have a, a good time, it's a good place to come hang out. So that'll be around as well. And you will all, you will know every single time that happens if you subscribe. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast audio, well, look, hey, fantastic. Thank you very much. Consider giving a five-star review on an Apple podcast, a five-star rating on Spotify. All of these little things together, you put them all together into one big schmutz ball. And that schmutz ball propels the Mr. Warren Hayes show into the stratosphere. I don't know if you knew this. You know, but schmutz is the fuel of the future. So if we get a schmutz ball together, imagine just. Thank you for your support is what I'm trying to say. Dynamite. Uh, the one we're talking about, of course, is the uh, January 18 one. Uh, you know, the world of wrestling is still uh, pretty uh, is still pretty shaken over the. Uh, the uh, shocking uh, passing of uh, Jay Briscoe, uh, who uh, passed away in a uh, car accident uh, just a couple of days ago. Uh, and um, it's one of the talking points that has come out of the, um, uh, it, that it's one of the talking points that came out of the, uh, of uh, Dynamite last night. Uh, the fact that, uh, you know, there wasn't specifically uh, the, the, the last night's dynamite wasn't specifically designed to pay tribute to um, Jay Briscoe outside, of course, of the opening graphic and the, the armbands worn by wrestlers and, uh, you know, the uh, commentary uh, mentioning it as well. Uh, Tony Khan had made an announcement previous to that saying uh, that um, after the live show, they were going to film a special Ring of Honor tribute to uh, Jay Briscoe to be available uh, soon free to everyone on Honor Club. Uh, and uh, it was uh, then revealed a little later, I believe this morning, I think it's Dave who had the report, old Uncle Dave Meltzer, uh, giving us the report that uh, that it was actually Time Warner Bros, Discover Bros, who, didn't, who shut down the idea completely. Like they did not want a, uh, that they did not want a, 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 a Jay Briscoe tribute on uh, TBS. So, you know, this is all correlating with previous reports that we have all heard, I think, at this point that uh, that TBS really didn't want, uh, that TBS really didn't want um, anything to do with the Briscoes. Not TB, not just TBS specifically, but, you know, all of, uh, all of Warner Media, really. Didn't want anything to do with the Briscoes on TV. Uh, you know, the, everyone's best guess being related to uh, to the days where, uh, in regards to certain uh, 
homophobic uh, tweets and comments that that Jay had had made. Uh, these still loom very large uh, over uh, over the legacy of, of the Briscoes, despite the fact that uh, Jay has done uh, significant strides to try and 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 improve that situation over the years. Uh, make sure that uh, uh, or, or, or try to better himself and learn from it. But this is not what we're going to necessarily what we're getting into. But I think you know th- this is you know pretty much one of the uh, this is one of the uh, one of the root causes as to well uh, uh, as to why this was happening. So there's uh, you know th- there's a lot of people who are extremely disappointed with uh, with the decision uh, with. Uh, Warner Media coming in to to sort of pump the brakes on it, of course, and I think it, I think it's a, a legitimate gripe to have at the same time. Um, but um, you know, in, in all fairness, uh, you know, d- despite it, you know, despite the, you know, you, we can call out the hypocrisy that you know Warner Bros. and Discover Discovery and and TBS have in regards to certain other programming that follows and. Other instances with other actors who maybe are, you know, maybe a little more problematic, actually positively 100% more problematic than Jay Briscoe. Um, in all fairness, I feel like a like Jay Briscoe being uh, being honored on a Ring of Honor show proper is the best way to go about it. I, I, I think it's kind of hard to... To consider the to consider Ring of Honor and Jay Briscoe as uh, anything but inseparable, so it makes sense to me for uh, for Ring of Honor to be the perfect place to to pay tribute, a final farewell to to Jay. Um, I you know I I think uh, there's been a lot a lot of people have been implying that uh, uh, the the show that was uh, that was recorded last night will not be the only tribute that Ring of Honor will uh, will have uh, to the memory of of Jay Briscoe. Uh, there'll be other things, but this is at least a start. And and look, I can also and I also understand and I get behind this one hundred percent. You know, it it still would have made sense for AEW to be like, yeah, you know what, tonight's a Jay Briscoe. Uh, memorial show and that's what we're doing here tonight you know because AEW fans have a lot more crossover with a with Ring of Honor than you know maybe fans let's say for instance from from WWE so it makes a lot of sense and besides the crossover has existed for the better part uh, for almost a year at this point since Tony owns both so you know I understand that people were disappointed were a little frustrated and 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 it would have been nice at the same time for for Jay to get that you know the final big hurrah on a mainstream stage, like or, or broadcast if you were, like on TBS on a Wednesday night, you know, and and have everyone be able to show truly how much he was loved. I mean, it's flabbergasting the amount of love that is being uh, that that has been. Uh, overflowing from his peers over the past two days, it's uh, it's been um, it's flabbergasting. It's flabbergasting. It's mind blowing. It's uh, touching. So it, it 
you know, I understand where people are like, AEW on a dynamite, that would have been the perfect place. And I agree. But honestly, in all fairness, it makes a lot more sense that he be connected with a Ring of Honor tribute show. So again, you know, the Ring of Honor is not dead. It's still around. And, uh, and, and if anything, in this past year for Ring of Honor, throughout all of its ups and downs, its excellent shows, but its, you know, its, its, uh, uh, its final resolution, when I say this past year, of course, 2022, and its final resolution ending up with you know, not having a television deal per se, but being on streaming, uh, Jay, along with Mark and FTR, were part of some of the highest highs of the company. You know, some would even say some of the highest highs in the wrestling industry this year with their series of matches. So his value cannot be understated. Even if this was a year where, you know, if, if you were new to the Briscoes and you just started discovering them this year, there's never a, it's never too late to get into a pro wrestler there's always stuff to go back to, and then and then it, when you do, when you you dive deeply into uh, into the, the the rich back catalog of matches that that he has, along with his brother, and a singles run as well, uh, you 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 can you absolutely get a a, a uh, get the um, the uh, the complete picture of how important he was to Ring of Honor. Continued right up until his final year. So, um, you know, I you know I understand I understand the outrage, I understand the anger, but there's something nonetheless that just feels truer to having uh, Jay Briscoe be honored in the Ring of Honor environment as as opposed to anywhere else. But yeah, you know what I mean. We'll have more uh, more opportunities to talk about it. We'll probably talk a little more about his career on uh, the podcast next Tuesday on the next recording. Because I, I, uh, the news of his death hit as I was recording this week's podcast live. So, you know, it sort of took everyone by surprise. Uh, so we'll talk about it a little more uh, next Tuesday. Try to remember him in the best possible ways. In the meantime... Let's get into Dynamite. Again, it is the January 18 show. Fresno, California, the Save Mart Center. Save Mart looks like a, it sounds like a good place to save money, right? That's what I'm assuming you're saving. Unless it, you know, is it a mart that will save you? You will save products to save people? If I if I'm in danger, and I am in the and I'm in Fresno, and if I'm in, can I can I dash to a Save Mart to be saved, rescued, protected? Will they look after me? Will they ensure that I am safe? I don't know what a Save Mart is, which is why I'm asking these questions. I'm assuming it's some kind of grocery chain. I don't know. Show started off with the AEW All Atlantic title being defended. Orange Cassidy defeated Jay Lethal. Both guys come out alone. Everyone is, uh, well, look, it's not that everyone was banned from ringside. That's not the thing. Orange Cassidy comes out alone. Jay Lethal comes out alone. Um, 
and and lethal comes out alone because there's there was a stipulation that if anyone from Jay Lethal's crew gets involved in this match, Sanjay Dutt is getting fired. Okay. The match starts off. We had Orange Cassidy doing a flare flop. Gets punched right in the mush after he does it. Then we have, then we have Jay Lethal's people who come in from the audience and they, and they go and they, sit, they set themselves up in the front row and and Danhausen is out there and he had and he's dressed like a ticket agent <laughs> so he's checking for their tickets because he wants to make sure that you know they're not just coming out here to cause shenanigans no Jeff Jarrett Satnam Singh and 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 Sanjay all purchased front row tickets for AEW Dynamite they did it the right way uh, but then, you know, then, uh, but then the best friends arrive, Trent, Chucky T, and they have tickets too. So everyone's kosher and everyone's just sitting at ringside enjoying the match. Jay Lethal beats Orange Cassidy on the floor, beats him up, I should say. He tries to do the elbow drop back into the ring, but uh, uh, Orange Cassidy just rolls around on the mat. It was a pretty funny spot, not going to lie. Orange Cassidy slams his head about 10 times on the turnbuckle. It's a diving crossbody, stun dog millionaire, and a satellite DDT. He also avoids the lethal injection, but Jay Lethal avoids the orange punch. After that, Lethal does land the lethal injection, but Cassidy rolls out of the ring. Now the heels at ringside, Sanjay's crew, they start causing a commotion. And because of this commotion, the referee is distracted which allows uh, Jeff Jarrett to pass uh, El Kabong over to uh, Jay Lethal, but Danhausen intercepts it, and he's not, he's not a ticket agent anymore. He's removed his, 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 uh, his, his polo shirt. He's taken it off. He's back to full Danhausen gear, runs around, and uh, he, he intercepts the guitar, which then allows for... Uh, some Keenstone cops running around the ring stuff. It suckers lethal back into the ring, right straight into an orange punch for the win. Orange Cassidy retains. After the match, Satnam Singh hits the ring and he tries to choke slam the best friends, but everyone is saying, don't do it, because otherwise Sanjay is going to get fired. And Jeff Jarrett comes in, grabs the guitar, but Sanjay Dutt stops him because he says, hey, I'm going to lose my job. Orange Cassidy then starts taunting Sanjay Dutt with the shin kicks and Dutt takes off his coat and he's ready to fight but Lethal and Jared tell him don't do it you're gonna get fired so I don't know what anyone was thinking in this final segment you know Sanjay is like cool and collected he's trying to keep everyone from getting him fired then he's ready to get himself fired but then the people who were trying to who were not cool and collected are now trying to cool him down very look I get it Heels are dumb. Don't worry. It's fine. Lots of lots of heated things. I honestly I this didn't do much for me. The match was all right. You know what I one of the th and I've mentioned this before. One of the things that I really like about uh Orange Cassidy matches, best friends, they usually have the comedy bits, right? This is what you expect from this trio, from this stable. You expect everyone to just, you know, relax, be goofy, and uh, you know, and they usually get the comedy spots out of the way 
early on in the match and then for the rest of the match, you just have Orange Cassidy putting on a, a, a good wrestling show with whoever he's wrestling, right? In this case, like there was too much, I feel there were too many shenanigans and it, and it, just, it got distracting and I don't think they were all that great. A rare swing and a miss for an opening uh, match on Dino. I wouldn't call it a swing and a miss because it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't bad. I just you know I I, I think the elements were all there. There were too many elements. It was maybe a little confusing. Maybe not a swing and a miss. A swing and a fall. A, a foul. A, a swing and a foul ball. Is, is that fair? We get a video package of Kushida versus Darby Allen that's happening in the main event. And I, I appreciated tremendously seeing, uh, having, uh, you know, Kushida uh, show there. They had footage of Kushida, like, you know, having, fighting a, a, a Hangman Page and Cody. You know, they have them, has them in, in, in locks and whatnot. And they're, you know, they're screaming out in agony, you know, started to establish, hey, you know what? This guy's been around the block and he's been. Fucking up some top guys for a while. I thought that was I thought that was smart. Next match we had was Top Flight defeating the Young Bucks in a in an upset, a shocker, if you will. Dante Round Roundhouse's Nick. Get a double team uh, by uh, by the Young Bucks, uh, catapult Gamangiri combo by the Young Bucks as well, and the Bucks in this match get the heat segment. They're heat, they're healing it up in this match, which is my favorite version of the Bucks. You know, I have no time for babyface Young Bucks. Heel Young Bucks are where it's at. They also hit the risky business. Darius Martin hits as hits a standing. Shooting star press and a flying cross body, but he runs into a super kick. The top flight guys avoid an indie taker. Springboard flatliner by Darius again. A nosedive connects, but the Jacksons are able to avoid the pin, the, the, the pinfall loss on this one. Slingshot X Factor by Nick followed into a moonsault off the apron, which is just like great stuff by Nick per usual. And he gets back into the ring and he hits a destroyer. Just great stuff. The Bucks hit a doomsday device as a tribute to the Briscoes. Dante leaps into super kicks uh, by uh, by the Jacksons. Darius gets set up gets set up for a BTE trigger, but ducks and rolls up. Gets a roll up win. Just out of nowhere, the Jacksons drop it. They weren't on their game tonight. And Top Flight get a win. When we say, when I say, you know, this was a shocker. Well, it, it it is like, it's surprising. Because I don't think anyone was expecting it. But it makes a lot of sense. Because over the past month or so, both members of Top Flight, Darius and Dante, single in singles and tag competition, uh, they've been getting their reps in with the Blackpool Combat Club, right? So they've been getting their ass handed to them in very close matches. I mean, let's you know that that match that they had with uh, Claudio and, and Moxley, which was a, a ton of fun, which was a great one. 
they uh, almost put out, pulled off the upset win here. So, you know, they've been, they've been training to this moment. So, you know, right now, they beat the Bucks, and if the Bucks were they 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 were off their game because look you know uh, Excalibur said hey you know they just came off of a hellish best of seven sure uh, maybe you know there's a bit of an implication that uh, uh, you know maybe that the uh, the loss that the death of of Jay Briscoe maybe it, you know it's sort of taken away their focus that could be a thing look whatever the circumstances the Bucks were off their game and. Uh, and anyone who was doubting that uh, that top flight wouldn't be coming in here to win it, uh, you know, just we're not paying attention. We're just not paying attention um, over the past few weeks. So, is this a moment where they where they where the guys uh, start to get elevated? Maybe I hope so. Or is this just going to turn into a, a private party situation? Who knows? Well, we'll find out. As Alexa Bliss once told us, let's let this play out. Um, we come back from a commercial and we get a terrible segment with the ass boys and the acclaimed. Um, and, and this should come to no surprise to anyone who's uh well unless this is the first time you're listening to the mr warren Hayshow, which is possible and by the way welcome or maybe the second time which is possible and also you know welcome but this should come to no surprise this is coming this should come as no surprise to anyone if i'm sitting here and i'm telling you this 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 segment stunk because it it did and uh, you know from from you know Austin Gunn shouting into the microphone the entire way to uh to the the start restart rhyme uh, rhyme stuff to the uh, uh to the pull apart brawl right right all the way down to Billy Gunn saying next week I got two words for you we're all going to sit down and we're going to have a family therapy like this is, we're all going to have a sit down talk is what he said Right, because there's nothing I like better on my wrestling programming is people sitting down to talk like that, you know, as opposed to action, people standing around, moving, doing shit. I really like me people sitting down and chit-chatting. That's that's what I love most about my pro wrestling. Right, like all of this stuff is so. This is the most sports entertaining stuff, and I was. Not that long ago, just a couple of weeks ago, been talking about. I made a whole thing out of it, talking about how I feel there's certain things in in AEW that are a little too WWE for my taste. This is it right here. This is too sports entertainment for me. Again, if I want the sports entertainment, I've got seven hours of it I can watch in a week. I can pick one of three nights a week to watch. People sit down and have family therapy with each other. I, I got all of it. And, and and frankly, here is what I am most concerned about. I don't see, I don't see the 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 intrinsic value of the guns. I don't think they're as accomplished. 
as, as a tag team, as people like to like to say that they're that they. I don't think they're. That, I think they're fine. I don't think they're that good. I think their match with FTR showed that. I think that. Um, I, I I also think that uh, Austin Gunn is a is a uh, he's he's a good prospect. I think he's an unfinished product, as you could tell by the way he delivered his promo last night, shouting into the microphone the entire way. I don't think that, you know, just a one-note thing. I think his brother is, uh, you know, his brother is a vacuum. I don't like him. I, 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 I don't think they're that great. And what I'm fearful of for the acclaimed, I think what they're trying to do, what they're figuring they should do here is try to recapture some of that magic that made the acclaimed, right? That made the that 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 helped the acclaimed grow into the organic sensation that they are. The problem is, is that we've done this, we've been there, this feels like we're going backwards, and worst of all, I feel like the guns are a detriment to their to, to the acclaim's success. I am afraid that they might actually end up being a vacuum, a void, sucking in all the good stuff that the acclaimed were able to build for themselves. That's what I'm fearful of. I am not in on this at all. I don't think it is a good idea for the acclaimed who, despite my own personal reservations, are super over and are making the most of it. I think this is a step back. I don't think this is a step forward. I don't think this is good. I think this family ter therapy business that we're going to have next week, this sit down talk, I think it's shit. I'm not looking forward to it. This is, this is all, and the, the shit that they did on Rampage, come on now. Enough's enough. This is not, this is not, this is, this is not what I look for on Wednesday nights. And while the acclaimed are naturally charismatic, great talkers, they do not have a team that complements that, that will help elevate that. We really don't. We have Renee Paquette chatting with Hangman Adam Page. Bit of an awkward segment, right? Well, you know, not awkward in its execution, but a tense. How about that? That's more, a tense segment between the two. Renee being the, the the wife of John Moxley, right? Who had issues with Adam Page all up until next week, where even Adam Page, you know, knocked him out. So she asked him, you know, how, how you feeling, Hanger? She says he feels fine. But uh, you know. He's a, you know, John Moxley took something from him in their first match, which was his word. He says, now I'm, I feel like I got my word back. She said John told him that he loves and despises uh, Adam Page because he pushes him to be a better version of himself. Hangman is conciliatory to it. He says, but look, if he's got anything to say to me, he can come to my face. And Renee's like, look, you know. <laughs> That's his business. I don't, I don't know. And I think the 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 um, the main talking point to 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 come out of this uh, to come out of this situation here 
is that the uh, hangman said that uh, he has uh, he has fences that need mending, and you know, with people. And I don't want to get into it, you know. This is, but I, you know, and you know, and I'm thinking, oh, who? Everyone jumps, of course, to the elite, and I think that that's what this tease feels like. Getting back on good graces with Matt, that hothead, and Kenny. And, uh, but, you know, he could have fences to mend with, um, he could have fences to mend with, um, with uh, the, the Dark Order, right? I think he might, you know, is, are they really that tight? Could they be tighter? Maybe Adam Cole? Babyface Adam Cole right now seems like a seems like a good way to go about it. Oh, and would you look at this? They're not running a concussion angle, right? This because last week, you know, all the all the the. But again, you know, it's always the same people, bad faith actors who are who go out there. To, oh, terrible taste. What distaste, they're, they're running a concussion angle with Moxley now. Moxley concussed Paige, so now Paige concusses Moxley, right? Because Mox was being checked on afterwards because he got, you know, he got loopy. He got knocked out, right? Was, oh, they're running a concussion angle. The word concussion wasn't even uh, mentioned. Renee said, John's feeling fine. John's doing good. They didn't mention anything. This is why this is one of the reasons why I do the dynamite show the next day. Because I want to have time to think about it. I want to see where things are going. I don't want to react. Everyone reacts. I don't know why you'd want to sit down and watch someone react to something. Because everyone who was reacting that way looked like fools this week. Everyone was saying, but poor taste, they're running a concussion. There's no concussion angle. He got his bell rung. He got a little loopy. Maybe he did get knocked out in story, but that was the story. But there's no, we're not pushing this forward. They're not running a Moxley is concussed angle. They're not doing it. This is what this, now this is what we're doing here. This is what we're doing right here. He got hurt. He's taking a week off, maybe a couple, right? The vacation that everyone was saying there. But I'm telling you, hot take culture, this necessity to jump on your social media and instantly have an opinion, instantly like draw the line and go this or that. In some circumstances you can, but not everything warrants it. Not everything warrants an instant reaction, especially one like what happened last week. Where people are like, he's running a concussion angle. And I'm like, I don't see anything that says that he got, that they're running a concussion angle. Well, medical staff were checking on him. Uh, there's plenty of quote unquote injury angles that happen. Severe stretcher jobs or lesser where you have medical staff checking on a, re uh, 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 checking on a wrestler despite uh, despite the the wrestler being injured in kayfabe, like I I didn't see the concussion angle, and they didn't even mention it again. They didn't even mention it in Adam Page's 
situation. So we're moving on from this. So the next part of the story is Adam Page wrapping up some loose ends with someone. This is where we're going. And you know what? If they do want to revisit this, and if they do want to have a, 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 a rubber match in this series here, have a third go with Paige, like in this timeline here, a third go with Paige and Mox for Revolution, let's go, let's do it. I'm fine with it. Just Jesus Christ. Ricky Starks defeated Jake Hager. This was fine. This was fine, 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 fine. It was all right. Ricky Starks does the rope walk. Hager yanks him off. Uh, shenanigans with the hat. He likes the hat. Jake Hager boots him on the floor, beats him up in the ring. They set up a table. Starks pummels and drop kicks Hager. Springboard crossbody. He avoids the Vader, the Vader bomb. Hits a DDT. 2.0 distract. Ricky Starks hits the spear for the win. After the match, all of, J of uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society hit the ring. Starks takes a powder into the crowd, celebrates in the audience. Great finale. I See, again, like, the match was, look, it was, you know, Jake Hager in doing what he does best. And it's just like, you know, don't miss your spots. That's all you have to do. It's funny how all this talk about Jake Hager being so improved is sort of fizzled away. Maybe because it's just... It's never been there, you know, anyway. But after the match, when Ricky Starks basically avoids the, 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 the overwhelming numbers game and goes and celebrates in the audience after a clean win, again, let me, let's emphasize this. Another clean win on the Jericho Appreciation Society and he's in the audience celebrating. What a great visual. This was all fantastic. Now, if we're building to a rematch between him and Jericho, I have to touch wood, cross my fingers, and, you know, count my lucky stars. No, that's not the right thing. But I have to hope that Jericho does the right thing and loses to him again. I'm hoping that that's the right thing to do. Then uh, we go after the commercial. When we come back from commercial, Chris Jericho is backstage with uh, Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara. Uh, he uh, he says he's asked for a match against uh, Ricky Starks and Action Andretti next week, and his partner is going to be Sammy Guevara, the Six Gods. Daniel Garcia sort of you know sort of goes, "Yo, Jericho, you know I yeah I got a I got a piece of of Action Andretti. I want to be your partner." And Sammy is like, Sammy tells him that he can have the spot. That's great. I've trained you for this spot. So we're so uh, they're gonna have a match on uh, on Rampage, and if Garcia wins, he gets to tag with Jericho. We have to underscore how great Dan Garcia has been in this stuff. In the in these backstage segments with these little stories, these little angles that they have, and this has been going on for a while, ever since you know he was being courted by Brian Danielson last year, you know, for a guy, for a guy who is you know who a lot of people perceive to be the the heir apparent to Danielson, a guy who's always been like a a wrestler's wrestler, you know, 
someone that you you like he will never fit in WWE doesn't have the chops doesn't have the charisma this low key sort of you know tough guy jock energy that he has about him is fantastic like it really and it comes across really well you know as Sammy's like he's you know putting his arm on his shoulders and Garcia's sort of like you know side-eyeing him and all that and and Sammy's giving him hugs and he's and Garcia just goes all right you know I'm just doing my thing here it's just great stuff the line that he delivered to action Andretti last was it last week? Yeah, it was last week when he was saying, you know, I remember when I was a kid like you, when Andretti, when Andretti's like a year older than him. Like, he's surprisingly fantastic and comfortable, and he's been growing more and more comfortable in these promo segments. He's very... Look, I'm not saying that he's the next Eddie Kingston when it comes to promos. He's not a John Moxley yet. But he's, he's showing more than I ever thought he was going to be able to deliver. He's been great. I mean, if this guy, just think about it for a second. If Dan Garcia's promo work starts to ramp up and he gets like he's on a level like a, if he gets like a John Moxley, if he gets like a, uh, yeah, well, you know, like a John Moxley, with his, with his ring work, this kid's going to be unstoppable. A superstar. And then we fall into to the second hour of Dynamite, which, which I, what an extraordinary hour of professional wrestling. And I mean, extraordinary, above and beyond. I, you, I, there, this hour of pro wrestling challenges any hour of pro wrestling that has been on any pay-per-view in the past year, in 2022. This was outstanding shit from top to bottom. I look the first hour had ups and downs. I you know overall fine. I you know a lot of things I'm nitpicking on, but you know top flight in the Bucks was fun. Ricky Starks did it. You know and Jake Hager it was its thing. It's an angle. You know Orange Cassidy and Jay Lethal again fine. You know all all things that I'm going. This is fine. This is fine. nothing. You know, nothing obscene, nothing great either, nothing that's getting me out of my seats. But holy shit, when Brian Danielson and Bandito earlier in the day probably sat around, you know, and, and met up in the locker room and they and they were talking to each other, like, well, what should we do tonight? And they both agreed to just do cool shit. Holy fuck, did they decide to do some cool shit? What a fantastic, excellent match did we get out of these two guys here. And it, it ruled so hard that if anyone at the end of 2023 were to add this on their match of the year list, I can't even, I don't even blame them. It's very early so far. But what an extraordinary match. Like right now, we're barely, we're 19 days into the year. And Danielson is setting himself up to have a career year. There's rumors out there that this is his last year, that he's going to call it quits as far as in-ring work. If Danielson wants to go out 
in a glorious blaze like this, we should all strap in. The, the year is just kicking off and Danielson has been delivering exquisite TV matches. And this is his gimmick. Don't forget, this is the gimmick going into revolution. He has to win matches on a weekly basis. Otherwise, Max isn't giving him the shot. If we get more of these and then the year continues and Danielson continues delivering and over-delivering like this, He's going to go out as the wrestler of the year. His final year is going to be an all-timer, a career year. I've never been more excited at this prospect of thinking of it, of seeing the past few matches, seeing this one here. It went almost 20 minutes. And you know what was cool about it too? This is what was cool about it too. It refreshed it refreshed the Brian Danielson match because what they did, what he and Bandito did in this match, there was a lot of groundwork. There was a lot of holds, submissions. If anything, this was the Ring of Honor tribute match. Despite the fact that on Hard to Kill, you had Jonathan Gresham and Eddie Edwards fighting for the honor of Ring of Honor. And I'm looking at these two former Ring of Honor stalwarts. I'm like, holy shit. This is great too. I love, by the way, Gresham and Adiators. Don't get me wrong, but here, this is a whole new level. And the ground game gets a huge pop from the audience. See, this is the, I can't, I can't underscore enough how much AEW is a pro wrestling show when your audience is looking at an, a, 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 an outstanding ground game and the audience realizes it and they pop for it. This is not the same case as in WWE. It's just not. It's just not. We're on two different perceptions of reality. And the more things progress with AEW, the more I realize that the fans of both will be irreconcilable because it's two entirely different products, two entirely different offers. One side wants you to he wants you to get excited for great in-ring work. The other side wants you to get excited when uh, when an entrance theme hits. Danielson locks in an Indian death lock, which he reverses into a high stack pin, which was just, I was in awe. I was just like, look at this. We're off to the races at this point. Bandito tries a Romero special, but Danielson reverses out of it. Sets himself up for his own Romero special, but instead just stomps the inside, the inner knees, which was great. And they have this crazy strength spot. I don't think I've ever seen this. This great spot where, where Danielson crunches up. <coughs> he does a crunch, leaning on Bandito's thighs. I was like, what the hell am I looking at? And then Bandito fucking headbutts him. Just... Bandido locks in the El Nudo Lagunero, Lagu, excuse me, El Nudo Lagunero, Lagunero, El Nudo Lagunero, which is Blue Panther's 
finishing move. Uh, a Lucha Libre legend who both uh, Danielson and Bandito have claimed as influences. So Bandito was able to get the tribute in. Ha <laughs> ha, fuck you, Danielson. <laughs> he's, he's Blue Panther's favorite now. Suicide died by Bandito. Tope con Hilo. He springboards, he springboards back into the ring and eats a knee by Danielson. Who finally does get the Romero special locked in. A kitchen sink knee. Some chops, some kicks. Thrust, kiss, thrust kick and tornillo. Tornillo by Bandito. Huge stalling suplex by Bandito as well. And, and here was what was great because this is one of Bandito's moves where he does the stalling suplex and he has the audience count to... 60 or whatever, right? He like he, he he overdoes it. And he's having trouble at some point keeping Danielson up. So he takes his time, composes himself, and raises him up to an even larger reaction. Just great shit. Just great shit. Frog splash by Bandito. Uh Danielson lifts his legs up. LaBelle lock. Bandito struggles out of it. Danielson goes for the for the yes kicks, but the audience plays along goes see see we have to note that in fresno bandito is over like crazy couple of times the audience was on the verge of turning against danielson because danielson was being a little too much of a dick it was great a gts type move by bandito goes for the 21 plex flips danielson over but danielson lands on his feet he gets a, wreck, a wrecking ball drop kick on the to the floor. Jumping knee off the apron. Bandito lands the moonsault slam. 21 plex. Covers. Danielson kicks, off, kicks out. And they start firing off at each other. Just great shit. Some kicks. A busaiku knee though by Danielson puts Bandito away. This is one you have to take time out of your day to go watch. And you can find it very easy because it's on free TV. It's on your your TBS app. It's on your 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 Roku. Your 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 uh, your TiVo. Do we still have TiVos? Is that is that DVR? It's all there. It'll probably end up on AEW's YouTube. This is it was just excellent pro wrestling. A 17 almost 18 minute match. Am I going to say anything? Are you going to say anything? We're spoiled! Get excited! Pro Wrestling's back! Maxwell Jacob Friedman cuts a promo on the Tony Tron. He says he hears everything Danielson and the, sa and the fans say about him not deserving his spot in the company. Fickle! He says, wink, wink, right? Is an understatement. He says that Danielson doesn't understand that he's only been dealing with masked Max. Masked Max likes to keep things fun and light. But the closer we get to revolution, the more the mask will slip and nobody wants that. A dragon is no match for the monster behind the mask. Fine, short, succinct little promo just establishes the fact that uh, that uh, MJF is ready to get things uh, a little. Uh, he's ready to get things uh, get get a little more serious about things. L uh, later in the show, we'll skip forward the, to this segment here because it all connects. Uh, you know, we have Brian Cage and Prince Nana that are being interviewed uh, regarding their uh, upcoming match. This 
on Rampage this week against Willie Mack, which can we say, can we just take, I know it's not, it's not directly related to Dynamite, but I do want to underscore how fucking happy I am that Willie Mack is on TV, on Dynamite, doing stuff. That guy's great. And from, from everything I heard, a good dude on top of that. So MJF comes in and interrupts the interview. He's got a stack of cash. He's offering it to, to Daniel, to Nana and Cage. And he says, look, I don't care. You know, you're fighting uh, da uh, Brian Danielson next week. That was pre just announced previous to this. He says, you're, you're fighting Danielson next week. I want you to break his arm. I don't care if you win or lose. Break his arm and you have the money here. Brian, uh, Brian Cage says, well, we can probably work that out. Friedman slaps him. Cage grabs him by the neck. MJF says that that feeling that you're, you have right now is hate and there's no greater motivator than hate. I don't know. The, I don't know if that's entirely true. The feeling of a job well done is a great motivator. <laughs> I would be the worst heel. Like, motivate yourself. You know, get the feeling of a job well done. <laughs> we got a pre-tape between Tony Storm, Soraya, and Hikaru Shida. Basically establishing a, a little more of a rift. Two things here. A little more of a rift between Storm, Soraya, and Shida. As, you know, Tony Storm now is in the middle and she's talking more directly to Soraya. So it's not just Soraya being you know sort of giving giving Sheeta the cold shoulder now it's both of them and, and Sheeta's like what the fuck man I'm I'm like I'm right here Soraya warns Sheeta to stay in the back too because they don't want a repeat of you know the fuck up that happened last week you know so Soraya's a little mad about that Tony sort of half defends her half defends Sheeta says oh she didn't mean it it wasn't her fault she's apologetic she's cool they keep referring to themselves as the, you know, the world stars, right? Not the, you know, but, you know, us that have traveled around the world that have been other places as opposed to the AW homegrown talent. And I know a lot of people are taking an exception to this, right? A lot of people are, are, are unnerved at this concept of, of calling, you know, AW people like, let's say, uh, Jamie Hayter, for instance, as homegrown talent or, we, or Willow Nightingale as homegrown talent. Uh, it doesn't really matter because because the distinction clearly they're they're trying to make here is that it's the you know the former WWE talent who are coming in and doing shit to you know these girls here who were not previous so, but you know they don't want to outright say we're the former Fed girls <laughs> and we're coming in to you know to take over you know that's not what they want that's not what they want to say that's not what they want to mean here. Well, no, that's what they mean, but that they, they can't outright say it. Excuse me. So, she, I, it's it doesn't bother me that much, and I think the whole homegrown you know debate is dumb. It's dumb as hell, uh, and even when you apply it to WWE, it's dumb as hell, uh, and it sort of hurts your brain, and maybe you know, and it does it never paints a promotion in a in a good light. Because it's not about homegrown talent, really. It's about, you know, the talent in and about itself. What I enjoy here, quite frankly, 
is um, what what I enjoy here is is, is this idea that uh, Tony Storm and Soraya are clearly moving heel, and that is the smartest move to do, especially if they want to keep Soraya, you know, doing this, you know, this is my house now and all that. I I think that this is a good pivot. I think that you know bookers in AEW <laughs> listen to how the fans were reacting to this and maybe some criticism online that this was not a good look for Soraya and it was not a good look on for the the women's division when she came in and said I'm going to make this my house and you know these are all great women that I you know, sort of positioning herself above everyone and this was supposed to be a baby face and this is all kind of weird I think this is a good pivot And they continued this this into the match uh, where Tony Storm defeated Willow Nightingale. Um, Nightingale's using her strength to begin with, knocks her down, side suplexes her, and goes for the low cross body. Uh, Tony Storm fake outs a, a handshake of respect, and instead hip attacks a Nightingale to the floor. So there, we're getting little little uh, little tidbits of 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 heel Tony here. She actually gets a heat segment in this match, locks in a full Nelson. But no, uh, when Nightingale fights back, hits a spine buster, missile dropkick. She eats a hip attack, though, by Tony Storm and a DDT. Nightingale lands the pounce, straps her down, cannonball. Soraya distracts, which allows Tony Storm to roll up Nightingale for the win. And after the match, Soraya comes in and goes after Willow. You know, and Sheeta was at ringside, but she was like, she didn't get involved in this. She was like, what are you? What are you doing? But Soraya and Tony Storm, they, they 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 put the boots to Nightingale. Ruby Soho runs in to make the save. Now there's a lot of discussion going on. Are we leading into a, a into a blood and guts match for the women? And you know what? Let's go. Let's do it. But what are the teams? How are you setting this up? You know, I, I, if you if you do if you do like. Soraya and Tony Storm being like the former WWE people, the Fed girls, the former Fed ladies. As I call it, the Fed still, sue me. If you're doing that, um, why do you, why wouldn't you, does that mean like you get the all of the former WWE women to join this? Does that mean Ruby Soho turns her back on Willow? Or will, you know, Tony, will Tony and Soraya try to bring Ruby onto the dark side? But Ruby is, Ruby is too much of a good baby face and has learned to love Willow Nightingale. And she, you know, this is her new friend and they're moving in together strong on this. What are the teams? What do you do? Is this the entry point for Mercedes Monet? Is this where she comes in to play? Or are we just not getting a blood and guts. I think it'd be pretty dope if we got a women's blood and guts. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be great because women women blading on wrestling shows get so many people angry. I want to get those people infuriated. I want the women in a match where this is absolutely necessary that it absolutely has to happen. Just to get these people mad. Anyway, there's a, there's a lot of potential coming out of this. Lots of fun little stories being developed around this. Uh, being developed around this. So I'll be curious to see how this develops.
Stokely Hathaway and Ethan Page have a pre-tape on Jungle Boy. Then Kanusuke Takeshita is interviewed by Rene Paquette. And he's flat all the way out speaking in English, saying that he loved wrestling Brian Danielson because he's his hero. He said he's learned much, but, but he talks about how he doesn't trust MJF. And that he's probably going to watch Danielson's back here. And he says a bunch of things in Japanese. And Renee says, well, what did you just say? And he says, huh, well, basically what I said is MJF is an asshole. So again, last week, you know, I was talking about, and I, and I still stand by it, right? The idea that, you know, is this, is this MJF's shining moment? You know, do, do we have to go to such low-hanging fruit as the racism, uh, you know, the, the casual racism? Is that something that he should be leaning into? But you know what? Again, this week, you know, MJF with this promo here by Takeshita, once again was proven that the heel in this situation uh, has egg on his face. He's got his own comeuppance because the guy that he was making fun of for not understanding is having full promos go in English. And it's like, yeah, no, no problem. And he's, you know, sure, he has a thick Japanese accent. Who cares? Everyone has an accent when they speak. I don't know if you knew this. Turns out, look, it turns out Takeshita can speak English. And not only speak English, but stand up for himself and not be, you know, not be a stepping stone here. He's like, yeah, you know what? MJF is a bastard. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch Danielson's back. I got his back because I don't trust this guy here. And Takeshita is so goddamn charming. He's just, he's just got this natural likability about him that, you know, one of these, one of these, un, uh, one of these untouchables, right? These untangibles is the word I was looking for that you just can't, you, you can't learn this. You can't, you, this can't be taught in the performance center. He just has it. He's on the, he's, he's there. He's speaking in a thick Japanese accent. He's speaking English in a thick Japanese accent and he's getting himself over. I'm, I'm enraptured. I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, he's so likable, charming. I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I would not be surprised if his loss to Danielson last week is the last time that, that Takeshita loses in a while. I think, because look, yeah, yeah, the, the boy has to start winning some matches on TV because right now he is poised to be a megastar for this company. He is poised to be a megastar for AEW. Huge reactions, great work rate. This is what the AEW fans tune into. And on top of that, just has this, this, this natural fucking likability. And we go to the main event, AEW TNT title match. Darby Allen successfully retained his title against Kushida. This was very good. But let's go. You know, let me talk about the match first, and then we'll we'll get some 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 analysis. Uh, uh, some stand and switches back and forth between the two to begin with. Drop kick by Kushida. They go to the floor. Kushida eats some barricade. But then Kushida eats the uh, Darby's, uh, kicks Darby's arm and starts working it throughout the match, right? For the hoverboard lock, his finisher. 
So that's what he's doing here. Pele kick uh, is uh, blocked by uh, by Darby, who hits a code red. He does a cannonball off the top rope to the floor onto the dojo guys. Because right, I forgot to mention, Kushida was accompanied to the ring by uh, LA Dojo guys, the DKC, and Kevin Knight. Kevin Knight, who is a such a strong prospect for New Japan or whoever will pick him up. But that guy, that fucking guy has so much upside. And he, I am very excited to see where, where what this guy's career path looks like because he is a standout in this crop of guys from the dojo. Kushida lands a cross arm breaker on the floor. And continues working the arms some more chops. They exchange chops. Running crossbody and a Pele kick by Kushida. Scorpion death drop by Darby. Kushida drops Darby Allen to the floor. Flipping stunner on the apron by Darby Allen as well. Just great stuff. Darby Allen sits Kushida on a chair. He goes to the top turnbuckle. The chair's on the floor. He goes to the top turnbuckle. Jumps off but Kushida... Bounces out of the chair and grabs Darby midair into a hoverboard lock. He just cinches that shit in on the floor. Of course, he can't win, but he's going for the for the full 10 count or at least as close as he can before releasing it, putting as much strain as he can on Darby's arm. Gets back into the ring with the and 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 they're they're on the top rope, and we get a key lock superplex by Kushida. Locks in the hoverboard lock. The dojo guys want Sting to throw in the towel. Sting, of course, was with Darby Allen. Wants Sting to throw in the towel. They have a towel to give it to him, and Sting tosses it into the crowd. Darby Allen struggles out of the ho- the hover the hoverboard lock. Clocks in the last supper for the win. It's just fantastic. I like this for multiple reasons. First of all, it was good to see Darby wrestling someone other than a big, like someone where, other than a David versus Goliath situation. That's what I'm trying to say. Where Darby is such the smaller man, it's like, oh, how is he ever going to overcome this? Like, we've seen it a couple of times and it was, you know, it was all right, it was fine. Now we're back to, you know, wrestling all sorts of dudes. So that's one thing. Second thing, this is a continued continuation. How about that? Uh, just like when you want to slap your face off someone's face, so slap the face off of someone's face, right? The continued continuation is a thing too. Um, <laughs> the the th- this is the the ongoing story of Darby Allen always overcoming the odds, right? You think that you have this kid beat, you think he's done for, you think he's he's absolutely, uh, uh, you know, like there's he can't eat any more punishment. He's always capable of eating more punishment and then squeezing out a win. At the most opportune time. Like Darby's Darby's gimmick, if you will, is um, I can take punishment. That's his thing. It's like I can I can take as much of a beating as you want. I have no more nerve endings. I cannot feel pain anymore. I'm exaggerating a little. But you, that, but that's ultimately the thing. And as far as Kushida goes, look, not not even a week ago. I think we were in the Discord talking about this. And you're saying, has there been anyone else? Has there been anyone whose career has suffered most by going to WWE than Kushida? 
because he comes in and almost, you know, soon thereafter, they're getting rid of the cruiserweight title, which he was a, you know, an anchor around. And then, uh, and then trips disappears and then it becomes 2.0 and he gets lost in the shuffle. And then it's like, well, we don't need you anymore. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. I, you know, whatever he either he gets let go or he leaves he doesn't renew his contract I can't quite remember the circumstance but like he you know he's gone from WWE is my point and, and and then he goes back to New Japan and everyone in New Japan is like okay and even you know New Japan fans and people who are fans of Kushida all right he's back but what are you what are we what are we doing what are we going to do with Kushida what's the next step what are we and everyone's sort of shrugging and you know lifting their arms and mm-hmm. And he, everyone is, is, is going, oh, they have to repackage him, so on and so forth. He gets, you know, he, he, he gets ill, gets the foot-to-mouth disease, uh, which sucks, don't get me wrong, but that stalls a whole bunch of things. Everyone is like, look, at this point, everything that we've seen post-WWE from Kushida was like, all right, it's just happening. But, you know, the damage has been done here. He's, he, doesn't have the, he doesn't have it anymore. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If Kushida continues down wrestling like he did with Darby Allen here, like his career depended on it, and bringing back stuff where you're like, okay, this rules, this is the guy we like, because this match ruled. And Kushida was in control for most of it. So if we continue down this path throughout 2023, it might be a little brighter for the time splitter than it was uh, just a, a week ago. I was looking forward to this match because I'm still a sucker for Kushida despite the fact that my expectations weren't very high. Blew it out of the water here. I think this is a reminder of how good he is. Still. And that the damage that was done by WWE to this man's career is not irreparable, 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 irreparable. <laughs> anyway, very good episode. Well, look here, good episode of Dynamite. I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a little more uh, 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 reticent not reticent I'm, I'm a little colder about it than the past couple of weeks right i you know for the past four or five weeks the the previous four to five weeks just excellent pro wrestling shows top to bottom this one here i thought the first hour was fine lots of angles lots of story it's like nothing egregious but goddamn that second hour the ladies the main event and Danielson versus Bush, uh, versus uh, Bandito, which is awesome, just an awesome, awesome show from the second hour on. And yeah, despite the fact that I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm a little uh, first hour, we're still spoiled. We're still spoiled to get these matches on TV on a Wednesday night where you don't have to pay an extra $60 to watch. We're privileged as wrestling fans to have this show on that delivers great pro wrestling every week. And we can sit around and nitpick little nitpicky shit that we hate. 
But these matches are too good to not get into and not sit here and say, yeah, you know what? AEW Dynamite, it's a hot show. I mean, it's been like this for the past four to five weeks. What? Prove me wrong. Nothing but excellent matches. It has just been excellent. Spoiled. Well, you spoil me from sh by showing up here and listening to this uh, to this review, and I appreciate it a great deal. Thank you for spoiling me. Spoil me some more. Spoil me some more by leaving a like. Spoil me some more by subscribing or for, by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or five-star rating on Spotify. I will be back next Tuesday for another edition of the Mr. Warren Hay Show, and then again Thursday for another AEW Dynamite review. In the meantime, I hope everyone has a great rest of their week, and I'll see you next time.